This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. And I am your survival guide, I guess you could call me, John Rush. Ready Radio, KLZ 560, and I appreciate each one of you joining us on a weekly basis. Live show today, August the 11th. It seems like the year just rolls by. We're already into the second week now of August, and before you know it, it'll be Labor Day, and then fall will be here before you know it, and there's all sorts of predictions on that end of things as well, which I've talked about during the the, uh, weekly show as well. Uh, Regardless, today I wanted to talk about preparing mentally. We talked about that a little bit last week. In fact, I had a, a listener text me some things on some ideas we could even get into today, which I appreciate, by the way. So thank you for all of those emails and text messages, and we get them consistently even when we're not on air. So thank you for that, by the way. I do appreciate that very much. It, it helps me, you know, really, you know, know what we're doing, what should we do next, and in this particular case, giving me topic ideas and so on. So thank you. I do appreciate that. And you can always find more information about what we do here on Ready Radio by going to the website, ready-radio.com. Don't forget the text line. If you want to text in a question, idea, you can email us, of course, uh, john at ready-radio.com, or you can also send us a text message, 307 200 8222. Lines are open today, by the way. I have no guests today, so if there's something that you'd like to you know, talk about in regards to our discussion today, feel free to do so. 303 We're going to talk about being prepared mentally. And after watching what happened in Maui, which by now most people, unless you're just really out of touch and not watching anything on news or social media or anything along those lines, most people would know what happened in Maui, which was very similar to what happened up in our, you know, Lafayette, Louisville, you know, Boulder County area, October of 2022. Am I saying that right, Charlie, I believe? Because it'll be two years, or sorry, 2021. It'll be two years in October of 2023. So this year will be two years. It was just uh, two years ago that we had that big fire. And side note, I go through that area quite often because, A, that's where I grew up and do business there and so on. And so I travel through there on a fairly routine basis, not weekly, but routine. And I will tell you that it's still, two years later, you can tell it was a war zone. And in some areas, still resembles one. It takes years, and I would say a decade, to recover from something like that. Maui and what's gone on there will literally take them a decade to get everything, you know, back to where it's even somewhat normal, and it will never be the same again. That's what fire does. When it comes through and literally levels a town, which is what happened in Lahaina, Maui, it will literally take a decade. And that's my prediction, and I know that sounds very dire, but I think that's a realistic thing to look at. It's just that long to get that many things. you, know, you got to realize that those towns are built over decades, plural. So there's no way you're going to get everything back on track in a decade. It just takes that long. It's not going to happen in a year or two. I think that's the misconception. People think, oh, it'll be back to normal fairly quickly. No, it will not. It's it's kind of the misconception with an EMP, and if the power goes out, oh, we'll get it rebuilt pretty quick. We'll be back online quickly, and it's no big deal. No, it won't. Infrastructure takes a long time to get back in place, even in a small town like Lahaina. For those of you that have not been there, See if I can describe this, and you've seen pictures on the map, but physically, 
it would be for those of you that are around you know our parts it would be smaller than Castle Rock the downtown area of Castle Rock so think of Castle Rock and shrink it down some and that's sort of the Lahaina area in Maui up against the ocean of course and Again, the way that fire happened, how quickly it spread. I was watching some news reports last night, some interviews with individuals and so on. And I watched a press conference they had last night as well. And literally, it came through so quickly. Some people talked about looking out the window and seeing smoke a few blocks away. And by the time they were able to leave the house, the fire was there. And I'm not talking they were gathering things up. They were just getting a few belongings and kids and pets and whatever. And before you know it, the fire was there. We're talking a matter of seconds, not minutes, that these people looked out the window and then the fire ended up being right there. And sadly, sadly, there's still a 1,000 people missing. The death toll as of last night I was watching was around 35. But even some of the first responders that were being interviewed, and, and they were getting really some stupid questions from the media, which is normal because most of these people from the media don't have a clue what's going on. And r- literally, the the police chief was saying, listen, this is not what we do on a daily basis. We respond to traffic incidents and, you know, criminal behavior, and we file reports along those lines, and we follow up on, you know, criminals and crimes and things like that. We, we are not equipped to search through debris and find bodies. And he literally you know, because they were being so stupid, he literally had to say it that way. He's like, we were, we are bringing experts in. There's people flying in from FEMA as we speak. They will be here on the ground. They're experts at this, and they will help us, you know, decipher everything along those lines. But this is not in our wheelhouse. And I, by the way, I appreciated him saying that because that, in fact, is the case. They are not equipped for that. It's not what they do. On a, it's not what they're trained to do. So, point being, there's still about a thousand people missing. They did say last night that unfortunately, and it's just sad as all as all get out, the death toll will rise. It will not be 35. Even 35 is too many. Keep in mind, we had all of what we had happen in the in our area, that Louisville Lafayette area, and it was during the day. Fortunately, it was probably during the day. Keep in mind, this fire in Lahaina came through at night. It didn't start in the afternoon. It was a nighttime event. And anytime it's at night and there's people sleeping, well, you can imagine the the difference of the outcome. Even think about what happened up in the Louisville Superior area here. If that had been the dead of night, we would have had lost lives. Because it was during the day and people could react differently and they were awake, we had, I think, one life lost up in the Superior area is all. It was an elderly lady that lost her life. And again, any any loss of life is not good. 35 is far too many, and that number is going to climb. So this is a show about being prepared. How are you ready for these sorts of things? And no, I did not know that that event in Maui was going to happen this week in between our two shows, talking this week about how to be prepared mentally. I did not know. It is a stark reminder, though, of anything can happen at any time. We don't know. No one does. And to be prepared all of the time for things like that, which, again, it's happened in Colorado. It could happen again. To be prepared for those things, even on a mental basis, is huge. Now, I'm going to take that one step further. A lot of you travel. I do. I've been to Hawaii 
that particular area even more times than I can count. Not not I'm not boasting about that. It's just I've been there a lot. It's one of my favorite places to go. I've been there a a ton. Vacation there a lot. So I know the area very very well. Not like the locals do, but let me just say this, when I go there I don't need a map. I don't have to get GPS or anything out to know where I'm going. I, I know pretty much where every single thing is and can find anything at any given time. So I know the area that well. So when they, they were showing pictures and things like that, I knew exactly where they were. I've been there that many times. Now, it also got me to thinking, do we think preparedly speaking even on vacation? There were thousands of tourists there that they ended up evacuating out to made leave to other islands and or home because they now need some of those rooms and places those folks were staying. They need that for the locals that now need a place to stay. It literally took out an entire town. They don't know exactly how many structures they were talking last night with some certain numbers. And again, this is where this is where reporters are really, they're really ignorant. I don't know. I don't know any other way to say it. They're just ignorant. You know, they said, well, are you talking about structures or homes? Because if you take a condominium complex that has 200 homes in it, are you talking 200 homes? Is that added into your figure of structures, or are you just talking the structure? It's like, no, we're just talking the structure. Yes, there could be duplexes, fourplexes, an apartment of 6, 8, 10, 12, 20, 30, 100. We're, we're not talking individually. We just said there's this many structures that have now been burned down. Same thing with a business. You could have one structure with 30 businesses in it. In fact, there's one area of town that burned down that probably had 50 businesses in it. It's one structure, 50 businesses. Now, I say this all the time, and I've got great sponsors for this, American National Insurance being one of them. Number one, are you, are you insured properly for any event like this? If you are not, you need to get with Paul Lewinberger, my good friend, and get that handled. And I mean that as sincerely as anything else I could say. Are you ready in that end of things? And if you had something you know, dramatic like that happen, life-altering, are you okay financially at the end of the day? I, I don't I don't want to say this. I want, to be, I want to be as kind but as real as possible. Unfortunately, you are going to hear coming out of that Maui-Lahaina area, the same thing we heard happen in Louisville and Superior, that people will be underinsured. They will have not been insured for enough. And it will be tragic. Because now not only will they have changed their lives dramatically with where they live and stay and work, they will now be financially harmed because they weren't prepared on the front side. This goes to the whole mental preparedness thing we're talking about now. So, Again, I went a little different direction here, and I'll come back to just where we live. But are you thinking through, even on vacation, if something were to happen, what am I doing? Can everybody get a hold of me? Would they know what to do? You know, th- this situation in, in uh, Kauai, which was even different than here because of where it's located on the island and the fact that you know, cell services in towers, and those are run by, of course, electricity. But when everything gets burned to the ground, even the communication sides of things there struggled because they didn't exist anymore. So are you thinking through, if I go someplace on vacation, driving, flying, whatever, 
what happens if X, Y, and Z happens? Am I thinking through that on the front side? Have I packed accordingly? You know, one thing, one thing my wife and I just did, and this is, this is right along the lines of, of Ready Radio. We have learned, because of some of the news accounts that we've read of late, a lot of hotels don't stay up on their carbon monoxide testing. Testers even, you know, the, 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 the testing devices in the rooms themselves. So I went online, and for about 100 bucks, you can buy a really nice, portable, snap-it-on-your-backpack carbon monoxide tester. And it will, it's got its own alarm that sounds the whole nine yards. You can clip it right on your backpack, travel with that. You turn it on when you leave the house, turn it off when you get back home. It's got a two-year battery life if it was on daily. So given the fact you're only going to use it when you're on vacation, it's, it's got a very long lifespan. So I went ahead, spent the money. To me, it's money well spent. I'll clip that on my backpack. My backpack is always with me when I travel. I don't go anywhere without it. So it, would, it will be in the room, it's with me, it's in the car, it's in the airplane. As soon as I leave the house, I will turn that on. And if anything were to happen, it's going to sound an alarm. You know, high carbon monoxide. In the case of this fire, if you were in a hotel, and even if their system isn't working, this one will, because it's also got a smoke alarm along with it as well. So it, it's dual purpose. So my point is, are you thinking about these things prior to traveling someplace And if not, these are things you should be thinking of. This is a little different than sort of that end-of-the-world preparedness we all talk about. This is, are you prepared when you travel? Are you prepared when you travel if somebody can't get a hold of you, what do they do? What's your family here at home going to do if, if something like this were to happen and you are one of those individuals there and you're staying in a town like that that gets burned to the ground, how are they reaching you? How are you reaching them? What's your plan? And you should be thinking through all of that prior to an event, a vacation in this case. This is something I don't think even the news media talked about. Yes, there's a lot of locals that live there, but there's there's as many tourists that show up there as there are locals. Those islands, which they finally, I think, realized during COVID, are fed from tourism. Or the lack of in some cases. In fact, I noticed today they were making announcements. The mayor was that, you know, Maui is still open for business. We've got many other sections of the island that you can go to and enjoy. You just can't go to that west end where Lahaina is. But we have a lot of other areas of the island that are open. Why is he saying that? Because if people stop coming, they have no revenue. They can't survive. Their people won't survive. So the mayor, to his credit is at least smart enough to get on air and say, hey, guys, we're still open. I know we've sent a lot of people to other islands momentarily, but over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're still open for business and make sure that you keep booking your vacations to come here. Yes, things will not be exactly the same, especially if you're on that west side. But you can still come to Maui and enjoy. Smart on his part, by the way. But back to the whole thinking ahead process which I've got to credit my wife for the carbon monoxide tester. I wasn't thinking about that. I'll be the first to admit it. I wasn't thinking about that. And yet, Charlie and I were even sharing stories back and forth of places like Mexico where some Americans have died in a room, and it was because of carbon monoxide poisoning. 
and the carbon monoxide testers in that particular room or that particular hotel were not functioning. And because you're in a different country, they don't check things like we do here. But keep in mind, even here, is the fire department around every building every week? No, they are not. In some cases, these hotels get inspected annually. Well, what happens if something fails you know, a month later? Again, I, for me personally, knowing how deadly carbon monoxide can be and the fact that you just die in your sleep because you don't smell a thing and you just pass out and die, that's how it works. I thought that's not a bad investment. A hundred bucks to know whether or not I'm going to be safe or not. For me, that's cheap. That's, that's cheap money. To protect lives, mine and my wife's, or whoever else would be even traveling with us, to me, that's a small investment. So those are the sorts of things when I talk, are you prepared mentally with what may come? And then even thinking through, if this were to happen, what do we do? How are we, you know, if it's you as a couple, a family, whatever, how are you going to handle things moving forward? For, you know, for a lot of you, you travel for work. You travel for pleasure. Maybe both. Some of you fly a lot. Some drive. Now, I will say that with modern cars and the fact that the carbon monoxide poisoning on the car side of the fence, you rarely hear of anybody dying from that. Not like the old days where it happened on a pretty routine basis. I'm sad to say, but... With now the cleaner vehicles that we have, you just don't see that as much. Does that mean it can't happen? It can. So you still need to be paying attention to those things. And a lot of you stay in, you know, all sorts of things. Hotels, Airbnbs, and so on, friends' homes. For some of you, again, traveling with a portable carbon monoxide tester that you just clip onto your backpack. Now, I, really fast, I because i got to take a break. I looked at different types. You can buy even the larger ones where you just plug it into an outlet and they're the size of a, I don't know, four-inch pie dish, much like a smoke alarm in your house. You can buy those relatively inexpensively, 20 bucks. My problem with that was I didn't want to have to throw that in my luggage and pack it and dink with it and all of that. I wanted something that was literally portable. I could carabiner it onto my backpack. It's always with me. I'm not having to worry about having that in my luggage and pack it and unpack it and did I forget it and all that. I just wanted it clipped on my backpack when I leave. In fact, it's clipped on there as we speak. I have, I'm weird. You all know that. I have a travel backpack. It's the only time I ever use that backpack is when I'm traveling. And in it, I have everything I need to go someplace. All of the extra chargers I would have for all of my electronic devices, pens, uh, there's a spot where I put my, my, you know, my wallet and my passport and all of that. Now that's not always in there cause I take those in and out accordingly, but everything I need to travel with, I've even got an extra battery pack that charges devices. That's always in my backpack and I have dual everything in there, chargers and so on. So I'm never taking something out of one bag and going to another. I literally take out my laptop and my iPad and I, and my wallet. And I shove that in that backpack, and I'm ready to go. Anywhere, vacation, you name it. Yes, I'm a weirdo, I know, but to me, it's just easy. I don't ever have to remember what I put in there. I don't have to remember about forgetting anything. I've got all my you know, little extra items, including even an extra pair of contacts, and you name it. It's all inside that backpack. And it's ready to go no matter what, so that the minute I go someplace, I just grab that backpack, put those two items in it, and I'm ready to head out the door. Now, 
I've also clipped onto it as we speak the portable carbon monoxide tester so that it's constantly there. And all I'll have to do is push a red button, turn it on when I leave, and I'm ready to go. And it will be on from the time I leave until the time I get back. I'll shut it off. I put it up in the top of my closet, and it's ready to go for the next trip. I know I'm weird, but that's just how I do things. Now, speaking of those contacts and the extra things I had there, this is where Stack Optical comes into play. If you're somebody that needs glasses to see to go do anything, in my case, I really need them to drive. I could get by without it, but it makes it much more comfortable. I can see better distance and all that if I have them. Could I get by without them? Yes. But again, even in this backpack of mine, I even have my travel sunglasses in it. Yes, I'm that guy. I have an extra pair. Always in that backpack. I never have to worry about did I bring my sunglasses or not. They're just in it, constantly, always there. It's the only time I wear those glasses is when I'm traveling. You guys could do the same thing, and Stack Optical could help you set up all the things I just mentioned, and it's all ready for you, and he can do whatever you need done when it comes to your particular prescription. What do you need an extra set for? Do you need them to read, to see? Do you need trifocals? Are you using them to hunt and shoot and all of that? Again, whatever it is, Alan can help you with all of that. Call him today, 303 321-1578. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases, an indoor shop to perform the calibration. 
calibrations. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Are you looking for a healthcare provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Ready-radio.com is the website, of course. And, again, appreciate all of you joining us each and every day. And uh, somebody says, uh, I use a battery-powered CO alarm for the old trucks. Oh, you know what? Great idea. Somebody also says a 350-gallon tank connected to a 125-gallon-per-minute fire pump and 200 feet of hose on a one-ton truck gives me about 12 minutes of firefighting abilities. Key stain the ignition in case someone else needs it faster than I do. Tracked by GPS for security. Great idea, by the way. If you're somebody that lives out in a rural area and that's something that you have the ability to do, fantastic. Thank you, by the way, for that. I do appreciate that very much, and that, that gives folks an idea. My wife also texted me and said there's a lot of different rules and laws when it comes to VRBOs and Airbnbs in non-U.S. areas. So for some of you that travel and use Airbnbs in other countries, they don't have the same standards we have. Here, you have to have a, a carbon monoxide tester and a smoke alarm to be, you know, to pass the Airbnb sides of things. Other countries don't require that. So in turn, if you're traveling at all outside of the U.S., I would highly recommend you get one of these portable uh, CO testers, carbon monoxide testers, I should say. Uh, fire, you know, smoke and fire detectors as well, and travel with that, again, for all the reasons I just noted earlier. And, and again, just because an Airbnb has one, is it fully functioning? Is, you know, did somebody check it recently? All of that. And the answer to those is probably not. They don't get checked as often as they probably should. And it's just something, again, to make note of. So, again, preparing mentally. Are you prepared even when you travel? Do you have all these things lined up? And again, folks, this is not to scare anyone, but when you look at what just happened in a huge vacation hotspot like Lahaina, Maui, where you've got thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that go there on an annual basis, most people would not anticipate what happened there happening. Even the locals said, we've never seen this. 
Some of, I mean, some of the people I'm looking at in these interviews have lived there for a very, very long time. They're all their lives, and they're my age. And they're like, we've, we've never seen anything like this ever. We've had fires, and we've had other things, but nothing like this. Now, is it climate change? No. Is it just things that happen, like what happened up here in our area? Those things happen. And when you live on an island or you live close to the mountains like we do and you pack structures in as closely as you do, when one catches fire, it's dominoes. Literally, the wind blows, it's dominoes. One catches the next, the next, you, you get the drift. Same thing that happened here in Colorado. Once, started, once, once one got started, it was hard to get them put out because they just jump from wall to wall to wall to wall. And it's just that quickly, literally. It's that fast. I, I'm not exaggerating what I just said. You know, the, the cabin that I lost, even up in the mountains, when, when the wind's blowing 100 miles an hour, and there's literally mini tornadoes going on inside of the fire, and it creates its own weather at that point, you, you're, there's nothing anybody can do. There's not a fireman, fire, fire department, fireman, fire apparatus out there that's going to save those kinds of structures. That's the same thing that happened in Maui. So, again, as you guys travel around, are you – thinking about those things. What do you travel with? Are you able to communicate you know, if something were to happen? And just mentally, are you prepared? Now, let's move that back home. Have you mentally prepared through the things that could potentially happen here? We, we talk a lot about EMPs, and I worry about that more now than probably ever because when you look at China— and the situation therein, I've talked about that this week considerably in regards to where they're at, the geopolitical end of things, where their economy is, and so on. I don't trust them. I trust them less now than I ever have. Why? Because they're financially hurting in a big way. And any time a country like that starts hurting in that manner, they will hurt other countries. Trust me. They will do whatever they can to gain their foothold back because they are not just going to lay down and die. That is not what the Chinese do. They will save face, they call it, and do everything they possibly can to do so, including hurting other countries. Even though, in the end, hurting another country hurts them, they, they, in this particular situation, I don't think they care. They will do whatever they can to regain their power that they're right now losing. It's slipping away from them daily. Literally, they know that. And I talked about this a little bit yesterday in regards to even what the White House has done with investment companies here investing in China and the blockade that the administration just put on yesterday, signed in an executive order yesterday blocking people, blocking investment companies from investing in certain technologies that China would advance from. A good move on our part, but that's going to even make this even worse. So we talk EMPs, and that could be anything from something set by another country to solar flares, to you name it. And we have other things that can happen here, just like Maui, Hawaii had fire. We can have fire in Colorado. We can definitely have other types of storms, blizzards, tornadoes, high winds, high winds that then also cause fire. You name it. We pretty much have everything here except for hurricanes because we don't have an ocean. Any other type of storm, we can have it, including, I think the record was just set this past week for the largest hailstorm in Colorado history. It's like five inches in diameter, which is huge. 
that's a life-threatening hailstorm, by the way. You know, hail, size of hail, I should say. Hailstone. That isn't just property damaging. That, that's the type of thing that could kill people. You get hit in the noggin with one of those, and good luck. So, again, thinking through this mentally. Now, somebody last week emailed and texted, maybe make up a scenario of an EMP happening. Like, you wake up, but your alarm didn't go off. There's a chill in the air. The lights don't work. Power's out. You then realize something is wrong, but then you're probably looking around thinking, what is it? And, and, you know, we've all kind of been in those situations where you do wake up and the power's out and you're thinking, okay, is it out all over? I mean, one of the first things I typically do is I go outside. I'm... Again, I'm a weirdo. I'm that guy. What else isn't on? Is it just my house? Are the street lights off? Are the neighboring lights off? I've I've got, you know, mountains, you know, close to me. Are the lights on the mountain off? If I look up and see other homes that aren't lit up, is everything off or is it just one little section? I've been known to get in the car and drive around a little bit to kind of see what's out, what's not. Again, is it isolated or is it widespread? And these are the things to this particular person's scenario that you do. When, when something is not quite right, you sense it. You feel it. Hmm, this doesn't seem right. I woke up and the alarm didn't go off. Now, my, my wife will attest to this as well. I'm also that guy where I don't need an alarm clock, so I don't have an alarm clock. I haven't had an alarm clock in eons since I was a young man. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just wired different, I guess. I don't need one. If I know I have to get up at a certain time, I wake up. I'm that guy. It could be middle of the night. You've got to leave for an airplane ride at you know 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm up. I don't need an alarm. I, it's the goofiest thing ever. I cannot tell you how it works, but I don't have to have an alarm clock. Now, do I set one for that 3 o'clock airplane ride? Yes. Am I always up before it? Yes. Does it ever go off? Rarely. Mornings, you know, I'm usually up by, I don't know, 545, 615, somewhere in the neighborhood pretty much every day. And it's just what I do, and I just wake up, and I, I don't need an alarm clock to wake up then. I just get up. And I've done that maybe because I've done it for so long that my body's just used to that, and it's what I do. Even on the weekends, that's what I do. So I... Don't have to. So for me, I don't wake up with. For me, it would be what's you know. Hey, there's no lights on. Nothing's running. What's happening? It would be more of me doing that, not the alarm not going off. But for all of us, it's something. You know, what seems odd. I, I mean, I'm I'm one of those people that I can wake up in the middle of the night and also see if things aren't running because you can just sense it. You can hear it. It's too quiet. What's happening? Nothing's running. I can't hear the fridge running. I can't hear this. I can't hear that. You know, there's nothing happening. It's just dead quiet. Why? And that's typically when I'll look around and see, is there any other lights off? What's happening? And again, more so in the winter than the summer, because if it's the dead of winter and everything goes off, it's like, okay, well, how long are we going to be without heat and all of those things? You guys know what I mean by that. This is the mental side of this. And and the point of today's program is, have you thought ahead through all of these things? You know, have you gone through those scenarios in your head, the what-ifs? If this doesn't happen, what am I doing next? 
If I can't make a phone call, what happens? How am I going to function and survive if these things happen? Now, I will also tell you that for me personally, if it's you know, 2 a.m. and the lights are off, I'm probably going back to bed. I'm not going to stay up and hang around because typically they're going to come back on. Now, I'm also the type that if I wake up an hour or two later and they're still off, well, I'm probably going to start checking a few things to see what's happening. We've been known in Colorado to have short power outages, and typically they don't last very long, and they come right back. But what if they didn't? What if you're out of power for several hours even? In some cases, it can be days depending upon what's going on. And again, what's going on with the weather at that point in time? Is the wind blowing severely? Are we in a torrential rainstorm? Are we in a torrential snowstorm? Are we in a blizzard? Now, the difference between me and a lot of folks as well, if it's a torrential, you know, if it's a bad blizzard, I'm out in it. That's the other difference between me and a lot of folks is I'm not home sleeping because of what I do. But you get the drift. You know, what's, what's happening, what's going on, and have you prepared mentally in your mind? Have you walked through these different scenarios? Have you walked your family through these scenarios? You know, what if you're not there? You know, what if you're a businessman, and you're traveling and these things happen. Have you walked your family through what do you do in these particular situations? You know, a lot of you travel for work. Or some of you may travel for pleasure, and maybe you're on a, you know, a men's retreat or a men's trip, or you've gone fishing or hunting or something like that. What's your family doing without you? Have you prepared them for these things? Does your wife and kids know what to do if something were to happen? And to this, you know, this listener's, comments here have you thought through that and i would venture to guess in most cases they haven't i've got a book that i want to talk about when i come back that i just bought i have not had a chance to thumb through it i found it through another individual that i follow who said this is a fabulous book for those looking for you know preparedness type things and i'll talk about that book in a moment when i come back any questions comments lines are open 303-477-5600 you can actually text us as well 307 282 and we'll be right back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303 710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. 
calibrations. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Are you looking for a healthcare provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for listening. Somebody texted in as well and said they thought they had heard me talk about this a few years ago, even that you take totes, containers, which, yes, I use and love, 
and color code those and or label them on the outside as to what is inside of them. Great idea, by the way. So if you know that you've got certain items that you definitely want to take with you, you label those items and you would be, you know, those would be the first things that you would throw in the, the back of the truck or the car and out the door you go. Somebody else said that they must be weird like me because when they don't see anything happening, they go outside and look to see if they're the only ones without power as well. So join the club is all I can say. And and again, by the way, I appreciate all the text messages I get when, when we're doing these things because it, it helps me. Number one, know that you're all listening. Number two, you guys give me some great ideas as well. And typically, I steer things in the direction that you guys want to hear, which I appreciate very much. Now, again, going back to thinking through these things on the front side. So I follow some folks in this space, not not just because of the show. This is something that has always intrigued me, and I've always felt like I'm a little more prepared than the next person. In some cases, maybe a lot more prepared. Well, in today's world, knowing that most people aren't prepared at all, probably a lot more prepared than most. But I've always been one to feel like, hey, I want to be a little more prepared than the next guy. Am I, quote unquote, a prepper? I hate that word, by the way, because it makes it sound like you're some weirdo that's going to go, you know, live in a cave in the woods for the next 15 years. And no, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that has, you know, 20 years with a food store. Could I get by for six months? Well, yeah, I could stretch it out pretty easily. I've got enough just in general things that I could stretch it out that far, sure. Am I handy enough? And sometimes I said this before, this is somewhat to my discredit. I'm handy enough to where I feel like if it got down to the point where I needed to survive food-wise, I can figure that out on my own as well. I don't have to have it in the pantry. Now, that may work or may not. And what I mean by that is as more and more people are running around, let's say we had a large EMP strike, it takes the power out, you're not going to have power back on for several years. Those are the studies that have been made already. Despite what anybody else would think, you're not going to flip a switch and turn it right back on. You're not going to replace transformers and lines and other things that get damaged by an EMP. It will take years. I go back to the fire in, in Maui that just happened, a decade before that town and everything around it is back to normal. Think about the grid across the country going down. It's a decade getting it back on, on track, at least five years. You, you, first of all, this is the other thing nobody ever talks about. You have to have the people necessary to even do these things, to even put these things back on track. And they say, and I think the statistics are low, in the first 30 days, 30% of the population is gone. First 30 days, 30% is gone. So you've now got that to handle. You've got whatever first responders would even be doing to handle those sorts of things. And I'm... Again, not trying to be dystopian here, but you've got a lot of folks in a lot of these utilities that are aging out, we call it. They're retiring. They're moving on. And, and I'll be the first to tell you that are they all, you know, you know are they all physically fit in the spit, in spitting image of what health is? No. They're not. I know some of these folks. I know them individually. Are they able to go climb a pole and reinstall a transformer and infrastructure and do the things that they could have done when they were in their 20s? Absolutely not. 
So here's the other question is if this were to happen coast to coast and we even had all of the exact same utility workers we have now, it's a five-year process to replace it. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You're not going to have every utility worker. You're not going to have every vehicle running to even go do the things that the utility workers would need to do to get back on track. Once again, a third of the population is gone. That includes workers. That includes people that have knowledge on how you would even reassemble things. Because as we've stated before, if you're on any kind of a drug to keep you alive, if those drugs don't exist, how are you, how are you surviving? How are these people going to survive? They're not. So that means they, unfortunately, won't be around. They won't exist. And for those of you listening, if you have to live on any of those types of items, I highly, highly, highly recommend you stockpile some things. And we've already learned on this program from doctors, people that are in that world, that if you keep a prescription sealed, especially those that come in the you know, cellophane wrap and so on to where they, they are airtight, they've got a 20-plus year shelf life. Even though there's an expiration date that has to be by law, they have an extremely long shelf life. And as what happens is even over time, the potency just goes down. So if you don't notice it working, take two instead of one. And that's what people will do in those particular cases. But you will not have a flow of drugs if what I just said happens. So how do you handle that? And one of the things I will work on here in the near future is getting some folks on that are experts on there are medicines where you can grow your own and do some of your own herb growing to keep some of those medicines on hand. We don't talk much about that because we live in a world where you go to Walgreens or King Supers and get a prescription filled. Before that existed, what did people do? Well, they didn't have the medical treatments we have today. They didn't have the drugs we have today, but they still figured out ways to survive. They, they handled it. They just did it on their own. So I bought a book. It's coming this next week. I should be able to talk about it in, you know, in view of it next week. It's supposed to arrive between the, the 21st and the 25th, so it may not be here by next week. We'll see. If it is, I'll talk about it. Whenever I get it, I'll talk about it. So here's the book. Again, I learned this from a fellow that I follow. No Grid Survival Projects. And I did some research. There's numerous ones of these out there. Now, this is written by a gentleman by the name of Claude Davis and Michael Major, Amber Robinson, and James Walton. So four people contributed to this. It is a a book that has a lot of how-tos in it on what to do if something like I just talked about happens. How would you flush the toilet? How would you store water? How would you build a greenhouse? How would you do certain things? And it's literally even, you know, how would you run wire? How would you set up a solar panel if you had one? Uh, On and on we go. It's a complete no-grid how-to on how to survive in a full-colored book that is, I I didn't look to see how many pages this thing, 302 pages. So it's 300 pages. It's in kind of a a paperback form. So it's like a large magazine. Think of it that way. Like a, you know, kind of a 
cheap encyclopedia of what to do if there's no power, if the grid goes down, how do you handle things? And again, in it is all of these little projects, how-tos of if I had to do X, Y, and Z, how would I do that? So again, if the power is out, we have no more YouTube. Facebook, all of the social media stuff, things that you could go to online to find different tips and tricks and so on, which is now what most people do, that doesn't exist. So if you don't have a book like this on hand, what are you going to reference? Now, some of you may have some books like this already. I have some things like this that are old, but nothing that's concise like this. So when I saw this particular gentleman talking about this book and the fact that he had bought one, and by the way, this guy knows, this guy could probably write, this guy that I follow could write this book. I'm not exaggerating. The guy I follow is an ex-Forest Service guy that just has a ton of knowledge of how to live in the woods and what to do and how to handle things, how to build things, what you should carry, how you should act, you know, how you would defend yourself, all sorts of things. And he's, he's not a, like an ex-Navy SEAL kind of a guy where he's this guy with these you know, big, huge, broad shoulders that could you know, rip a tree trunk apart. No, he's just a regular old guy like the rest of us. I guess that's why I like following him because he shows you how to do things that literally anyone can do. You don't have to be that ex-military guy that's now going to try to survive. This guy's just regular, common, ordinary folk that knows a lot about how to live off the grid. And I follow him just because he gives these short little snippets of different things. And then the other day he talked about this book, and I thought, man, that's a, okay. I'll Sold. The book's like 40 bucks. Now, is that an investment in... Your future, I think it's an investment period. You might find, I'm going to thumb through that. There's probably things you could even use now that you're not off-grid. Different projects and things you could just do around the house, and here's some tips on how to do it. And I'm, again, once I get it, I'll talk to you guys about, do they even, in the book, talk about the items you should make sure you have, like, in your toolbox and so on. That's another one of those items that, or one of those things that I've not covered on this program since we started, and I'm a big tool guy. In fact, I think for next week, I will put down a list of what are some of the tools you should have on hand. Because they're going to have to be hand tools. They're not going to be cordless tools unless you've got the ability to somehow charge them after the fact. You're going to need regular type hand tools. So even, and most of you that are young, my, my my boys probably don't even know what this looks like. When you drilled a hole back in the day, Charlie, when I was a kid, I used to watch my grandfather. He would take a drill that had a wood round handle on top with a thing you turned, and it had a gear mechanism, and it turned the bottom drill. And if you wanted to drill a hole in a piece of wood, you did it by hand. And I watched him use that, and I used to play with that. And you know, he'd give me a piece of wood, and I'd dink around with that when I was a little boy, and I can still remember doing those things to this day, you probably should have some of those on hand because if you had to drill a hole in something and you've got no power, how are you going to do it? Those are the types of things that I'll talk about when it comes to what are some of the tools you should have on hand. And I'll go through some of that and I'll look some of those things up and hopefully this book that I'm talking about will be here by next week. So those of you that are listening, you know, will be able to chime in on that. I've got about a minute or so left as all. Dave, you're up. Go ahead. Yeah, John, uh, they to not be able to bring something constructive, but uh, just a little bit of a rant. Unfortunately, us as a society, American society, we moved away from 
learning self-sufficiency yes. to expecting somebody that that air quote somebody to come along and fix things. I mean, uh, at the most basic level, uh, the Boy Scouts you used to be able to go into the Boy Scouts and learn small little trade craft survival skills. And now they're more concerned with uh, teaching equity and uh, loving transgenders. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, that, You're that, right. that, that's not something that, that young men need to learn. Or young women need to learn. No, they need, you, you to know, your point, I, I, Dave, they need life skills. It's more important, in my opinion, to learn what we're talking about than it is the other nonsense. I'm going to call it what it is. It's nonsense. Yeah, it is. And it, I don't even know if they offer, at the most basic level in schools, home economics. I doubt, no. I doubt they even do that. No, Dave, I think that's a thing of the past. I think that stuff went away 20-plus years ago. Same, maybe, same Dave, class. maybe 30 years ago. Again, I talked about this earlier yeah. in the week. Some of those classes were going out when you and I were in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it's, you know, there, there was a time where even just to, to get into any kind of a shop class, but the most basic one, wood class, there, there, there was a waiting list. You, know, you had to wait for somebody to, to wash out or to not show up for class or get suspended or whatever, and then you could get into one of those classes. But it was at a premium to where at least, you know, you you had an instructor there to teach you how to use a hammer or how to use a screwdriver or what size wrenches or do this and that, you know, basic, basic life skills that you're going to need. And we, we moved away from that where it, it's totally lost on, on this current generation. Yep. No, you know, you're right. And again, that's where I feel like this. And, and somebody asked for the title of that book again. And this is one of those things that everybody could have and even give to some of the people, Dave, that you're talking about. It's no grid survival projects you can get it on amazon so no grid survival projects dave you're spot on and we need to teach the younger generation all that we're talking about exactly another book i could recommend there's several of them out there but uh, a book on knots oh good that yes a- you know what okay i'm gonna add that to my notes as well dave that's another one we should talk about in fact i need to get like a knot expert on yeah because I've, I've just been uh, going through you know tiktok and youtube and stuff and relearning stuff that me i knew too. as a, a boy scout. me too these knots and i'm like I forgot all about that. Me and, too. And the, the, yep. the, the basic skill of something like that, to be able to tie a bundle of yep. rods together or That's right. to, to build a, some kind of a teepee-type structure or, you know, something to winch something off of. That's right. You know, that, that is basic, 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 and it doesn't take a whole lot of skill level, you know, hell, a piece of string or right. a cheap piece of rope just to practice on. That's right. You know? Dave, with that, i got to run. Appreciate you very much. Ready Radio, ready-radio.com. Another full episode has been a live episode, by the way. August the 11th. So if you're listening to our replay, you know what day it is. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it very much. Again, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.